Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United and football. I'm your host Matthew and today I'm talking about Manchester United's 1-0 win at home to Watford in the FA Cup. So we're through to the next round, which is very, very good. Um, Lots to talk about today, lots of uh, comparisons to make to uh, other players or comparisons to make from players that started to other players that have been in the team. As of late, of course, if you've listened to the United cast at any point in the last couple of months or so, you'll probably know the comparison that I'm going to make. But uh, I've got some, I've got some other ones to do as well. Overall, the performance was scrappy and poor. Um, we won the game. That's what matters. You know, it, it doesn't matter about goal difference here. You know, it doesn't matter that we won uh, only won by a goal to nil. Uh, we won the game. We're through to the next round. That, that's what matters at the end of the day. Um, but I want to talk about the team for a second, right? Because if you look at this team, the way it's set up, uh, you've got ba- Bailey and Twanzebe in the defence. Big, big, big improvement. I'll, I'm going to go very in-depth, or not very in-depth, I suppose. I'm going to talk about the comparisons of those two compared to Lindelof and Maguire. And as I said, if you've been listening at any point in the last couple of months, you'll probably know what I'm going to say, but I need to talk about it anyway. Um, Van der Beek getting uh, a full 90 minutes, very, very, very good. Uh, there's a few things to talk about there with Van der Beek specifically. Uh, Lingard starting for the first time in quite a few months. Fair enough, he's a Man United player. I still don't think he should be anywhere near this team because I don't think that he's good enough. And I do think that he proved that again today. Uh, Mata being in the team, cool. Uh, Greenwood being up front, good. I've been calling for months and months and months. For him to play in the uh, number nine role for for the team and to be starting actually up front, uh, there's a few things to talk about there actually with with Van der Beek in terms of his positioning and uh, comparing the sort of uh, tactics that are clearly being implemented with our strikers that aren't very good, um, and then Dan James starting and getting slated online, which I just don't quite understand uh, let's go to the first bit of comparison because uh, there's, there's not much to talk about with the actual goal a uh, good headed goal from McTominay it's interesting isn't it um, Maguire who is supposed to be our big player in the box whether it's defensively heading the ball away or offensively heading the ball into the goal um, got got a header on on goal this in this game um, Maguire didn't get it on target yet again. McTominay gets his head head to the ball on goal and goes in the back of the net. Eric Bailey gets a good chance in this game. Heads the ball just barely wide. Got a good bit of contact on it though. The contact is the important part. But the biggest, biggest difference in this game is the two centre-backs. Lindelof and Maguire not playing in this game clearly, clearly made a world of difference. A clear cut world of difference and you know what it was really really nice to see they got involved they cleared the ball they blocked loads and loads of shots uh they didn't watch the ball go past them crosses came in they looked to get in the way of crosses uh granted mctominay did a lot of defensive work today as well which is good um but there's just a completely clear-cut difference between uh bailey and twenzebi and then um McTominay and Lindelof, uh, not McTominay, Maguire and Lindelof, sorry. There's just a clear world of difference, but I do still think 
that when we go to play Liverpool, I think it's next Sunday, we'll probably play Maguire and Lindelof at the back. And that is where you've got to bring the manager in. I've talked before a little bit about the uh, vicious circle that's been happening at Manchester United with the defence. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer keeps picking Lindelof and Maguire. They keep playing badly. He keeps picking them. They keep playing badly. Uh, changes that in this game. Um, probably because it's an FA Cup game against Watford. Uh, Bailey and Twanzebe play. If if Oli can't look at the defensive performance from Bailey and Twanzebe and see the clear difference, then I don't think he should really be our manager. In a way, now am I saying that I'm Oli out that he should be sacked? C- kind of, because those are those are the sort of decisions you've got to make as the manager. And if you get to the Liverpool game. Let's say we beat Burnley or we draw against Burnley. We go top of the league. That's great. As, as long as we go top of the league, that's great. I mean, it would be preferable that we beat Burnley. If you then go into the big, big Liverpool game away from home at Anfield, where they've not lost for three seasons, uh, three years, um, and you pick Lindelof and Maguire, that is your fault. And we lose that game. That is your fault. Um... But, as I said a minute ago, it was just really nice to see us defend really well. To see our two centre-backs getting involved, be very quick, um, block loads of shots. They must have blocked about, I mean, I don't know, how how many shots did, uh, let's look at stats. Watford had 18 shots and 3 on target. I was going to say they probably blocked about 15 shots, but I don't know if that would be accurate because they only had 3 on target. But, they blocked a lot of shots, they got in the way of the ball, they tackled, they headed the ball clear on multiple occasions. And it was just really nice to see. It was really nice to see us do something differently defensively. And Oli has to recognise that. He has to. Otherwise he shouldn't really be in this job. To be honest. I mean we by ne- mid middle of next week. We could be top of the league. Great. But you've got to open your eye to that situation. So. Um, excuse me. Apart from the. Uh, apart from that. Because I've sort of done my analysis there. Um, and I mean, you know, when we played Bailey and Maguire in about three or four different games, it was still much better because Maguire had a quick centre-back that was next to him. Um, so I do think in a way you can get, you could get away with having Bailey or Twanzebe with Lindelof or Maguire. You could get away with that. I'm not saying that's what I want. That's not what I want. I want Lind- I want Bailey and Tuazebi to be playing all the time. Um, and for Bruno to be the captain. Because of course if Maguire's not on the pitch. He can't be the captain. Um, so he's got to recognise that. So, um, But yeah. Bailey and Maguire worked fairly well. Um, but Bailey is of course now injured. So that will give him the excuse to play Lindelof and Maguire. So we'll see how that all works out. Um yeah, I thought that the... Going back to a comment I made earlier, I thought the game was very, very scrappy in uh, certain situations. Um, we just didn't really seem to get hold of the ball in the final third. I don't think Mata was very good. I don't think Greenwood was very good. I don't think Lingard was very good. And I thought James was alright in this game. Um, Van der Beek clearly, clearly needs more game time. That's been expressed by multiple... Man United fans and I echo those thoughts as well um I still I still think I know I said this a couple of months ago Fred van der Beek and Bruno Fernandes I want to see those three play Matic is great Pogba can be good um McTominay can 
do some things sometimes. But I think our best midfield free combination outside of Matic. Because Matic is very good. Matic can get you a very particular type of job done. Which is good. Uh, but Fred will work hard. Van der Beek will work hard. And Bruno will make the chances. Um, but Fred and or Van der Beek will play the ball through to Bruno. And then he can kind of create the chances. Um, but yeah, I thought Van der Beek was great today. So it was good to see him play again. Um, and good to see him sort of get 90 minutes as well. Because it, to, just to me personally, right, if I was Van der Beek, let's say Lingard still gets picked for this game and Mata still gets picked for this game and Dan James still gets picked for this game. Um, and like Greenwood, or I mean Greenwood's a bit more of a first teamer than, than those other three. If those three get picked, more so with Mata and Lingard, because James has been playing a little bit recently, much more than Mata and uh, Lingard have. If those get picked above you, and you're this forty million pound signing, and you're brought in to kind of be sort of in the first team, and you don't get picked in this game, I would hand in a transfer request because, like, what is the what what would have been the point of him being at the club at that point? But luckily, that didn't happen, so that was good. Uh, let's talk about um, yeah, Lingard didn't do very much. Um, I hope this is the last time we see him in the United shirt. I've sort of been free of criticizing him because he hasn't actually been on the pitch. I can't criticize him if he's not on the pitch. Uh, Matter I thought was surprisingly sloppy. I would have thought for a game against a team like Watford, he would have brought more of his experience uh, to the forefront. But that didn't really happen at all. Uh, James I thought got involved really well, made a couple of mistakes, but I didn't really have a problem with with James in this game. I thought he had some good intentions. I thought he worked really hard. Um, I don't know. So, uh, and the last point I kind of wanted to make in the actual match um, analysis is uh, Greenwood. Now, this kind of confirms to me something that we're doing tactically. Because I don't think this is a player issue. I think this is a tactical issue. Why on earth... I've noticed this with, with, so right, basically I've noticed this now, now that Greenwood actually played up front, I've noticed, I've noticed this with Greenwood, Cavani and with Martial. Why is Ollie, or whoever's uh, idea this is, trying to get our strikers to drift out wide? How many times in this game did Greenwood drift out wide? There was, I, I tell you what, there was a few situations, right? Where he drifted out to the right. And I was like oh yeah Greenwood's playing off the right isn't he. Oh no he's up front. Why is he on the right wing. Cavani's been doing it. Martial does it all the time. We might as well just play with a false nine. If that's the situation. Because every time like Mata or Lingard. Or James or Van der Beek or McTominay. Or one of our uh, left uh, uh, fullbacks got the ball. And they were going to cross the ball into the box. Greenwood was very rarely actually there. In fact, Greenwood was often the one crossing the ball into the box. Now, when Greenwood is playing up front or Cavani or Martial is playing up front, I don't want to see them crossing the ball in. I want to see that be done by the wingers or the midfielders or the fullbacks. Because when you're going to cross the ball, when you're literally about to cross the ball into the box, I want our striker in the box so that they can actually score, which is what they're there to do. Um, but it, I, there was a surprise. There was probably at least five or six different. Um, occasions in this game where Greenwood was crossing the ball into the box now if Greenwood is a striker right and he's crossing the ball into the box you're either crossing it to Mata Lingard or James or maybe one of the midfielders I don't understand that it should be Mata Lingard James or the midfielders crossing it into Greenwood so that he can 
poach a goal in because that's what your striker is supposed to do. Uh, it's ha- like I said, it's happened with Cavani, it's happened with Martial, it's happened a li- not quite so much, but somewhat with Agallo. He's not really played in the last like six months, so um, it's very very odd. Like they're supposed to be your striker, you want them in the box when you're crossing the ball in. You don't want them to be the one crossing the ball in because then if that's the the, the situation. Because uh, there's been a lot of times this season actually where Cavani's crossed the ball in and Fernandez has been in the box when that should be the other way around. Uh, I mean, I trust those two players to score a goal. In fact, one of the goals against um, Southampton this season was Cavani crossing the ball into Fernandez and Fernandez scored. Um, so I, I don't understand that tactic. I, w- I tell you this now if I was in charge of a football team, I would never, ever tell my striker to drift wide, ever. I want you in the box so that, you know, my striker can score a goal when the ball is crossed into them because that's why they're in the team. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And I know it's not a player issue now because I remember that the first time I kind of noticed it a bit more was with Cavani when he first joined. And I noticed him sort of drifting wide. Now, Martial can tend to do that a little bit because he's not sort of a pure number nine. But now that I've seen all three strikers do it, Cavani, Greenwood, Martial... It's clearly a tactical thing, so I I don't I'm, I don't understand that. So uh, that's that's something that really needs sorting because then we we do often then get into a lot of situations where we go to cross the ball into the box, and our striker isn't in the box. So who's supposed to get the ball? A midfielder. Um. So I I don't know. It's is is very very weird. So anyway, I'm gonna jump into some housekeeping now, and then we'll do uh, the player ratings in a minute. I'll see you for that in a second. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. 
Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I uh, did the chat podcast episode for December 2020, talking about how the month of December went, and also talking about, now that that's the, of course, last month of the year, uh, talking about how 2020 went uh, for Entertainment Talk, and uh, how it compared to um, previous years, and, and everything like that, so that's kind of wrapped up for the year, but I've, I will, of course, be back next month to talk about what happened in January. Uh, talked again about COVID, just some usual kind of things i suppose uh talked about our rough sort of q plan q1 2020 plan so like sort of at the start of the year what you can kind of expect from us and uh, talked a little bit about christmas the sort of restrictions around christmas obviously we're in a lockdown so there's that as well um and uh, talked about some other things so that's the chat podcast for the month uh, I've launched a new podcast for Entertainment Talk, it's called The World of The Last of Us, and it's of course talking about uh, The Last of Us, the, the franchise itself. Uh, this is going to be covering both the upcoming HBO TV series from Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, and talking about the uh, Naughty Dog video game uh, series as well, so Last of Us 1 and 2, and anything in the future for Last of Us, so whether it's Factions 2 or Last of Us 3 or whatever else happens there, but uh, there's plenty of content for that to be made. And you can look out for that soon. Uh, it has been submitted to iTunes, but they haven't got back to me yet. So I'll, of course, let you all know on uh, social media when that gets approved, which it should get approved. So I'll let you know when that happens. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is wrapped up for its, for its third season on CBS All Access and Netflix. Uh, so I did, excuse me, so I did a uh, season three wrap up podcast for that and talked about uh, predictions, light, light predictions for season four. And uh, how I felt overall about Season 3. Uh, did the United cast episode for the 2-0 defeat at Man City. So that was very disappointing. Uh, a month of positive creators has, has kicked off now. Uh, that's basically a yearly series or an annual series. Um, in January for every every year going forward. Uh, just to sort of kick, up, kick off the month in a positive way. Talking about a month of positive creators. Uh, so these are people such as YouTubers, uh, podcasters, Twitch streamers, people that have blogs, that sort of thing. And the first selection uh, for the 2021 January edition is for Bex Trista, also known as Trista Byte on Twitch and uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram, all those sorts of places. Uh, she does stream daily on Twitch, so if you want to go and check out the work that she does, which I highly recommend that you do so, uh, you can find her on uh, Trista Byte on Twitch. Go and follow her over there. And she streams pretty much daily. She streams quite a lot, so uh, go and check out her Twitch stream. But a very, very positive creator, and uh, it was good to uh, do that episode. Uh, and then just breaking down the other two episodes as well, the best and worst of 2020, uh, the, the best, worst, and most disappointing things of 2020, so TV, video games, and films. Uh, I also did a companion piece to that, which is the uh, deciding the best and worst of 2020. Uh, I'd advise you very much so to listen to the first podcast first, which is the best and worst of 2020. Once you've listened to that, then you can listen to the deciding the best and worst of 2020 podcast. So go and check out all of that as well. On entertainmenttalk.org and uh, just to update as well in case some of you don't know or don't remember or whatever uh, we'll, we will be back on Tuesday the I think that's the 15th of uh, January to uh, get back to our gaming talk podcast for 2021 so look out for that next week Right, let's get back to play ratings. Dean Henderson. Um, I thought Dean Henderson had a good game apart from accidentally injuring uh, Eric Bay. Uh, I'm going to give him a 7. I thought he had a good game. He didn't have 
too much to do necessarily but I, th I still thought he composed himself really well and still had a very very good game as well Brandon Williams um I don't think he had a great game I don't think he had a terrible game I'd give him just a below an average performance uh still got a lot of time left in his career he's what 19 I think um I see some potential there with Brandon Williams I just think he needs to well get a bit more game time really he's, he's barely played lately hasn't he uh but I'd give him a 5 out of 10 I thought he was quite good uh and then I'm gonna give both of these two center backs a 10 I thought they it's just such a stark difference between Maguire and Lindelof it really really is um but as much as I want to tell all of you that and I want to feel that way myself um Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's Ollie that needs to realise it. There could be 200,000 fans that think that, right? But at the end of the day, if Ollie doesn't realise that, that's when we're going to have the problem. Uh, I'm going to give Twens AB the man of the match. I, I, It's just... it was. I can't tell you how much of a relief it was to see us actually defend well uh, in terms of the centre-backs. Um, clearing the ball, blocking loads of shots, getting involved, moving about in the box... Um, having some pace at the back, being able to push further up the pitch because we have pace at the back, because there, there's the recovery pace there with the two of them, where with Lindelof and Maguire, there's no recovery pace at all. Um, they're just a bad combination of players, Lindelof and Maguire. Uh, they don't complement each other at, at, at all, but uh, Bailey and Twenzebi, um, I want them to play every week uh, until they get tired, of course, but... Um, it's just so much different. It's so, so much different. And Ollie's really got to see that. Um, I mean, I'm assuming he watches these games. Because he's the manager. Because uh, he, he often does sit in the stands and just look at this sort of screen. I don't, I don't know what he's looking at at that screen. I don't know if he's playing Candy Crush. Or if he's watching the game. Or... I don't know. Because, like, we're, we're, they, cut, they cut the camera over, don't they? Because obviously there's no crowd at the moment. They cut the camera over. There's often Carrick in the stands, the subs, Ollie, Mike Phelan, maybe some other people. Uh, Darren Fletcher's joined the uh, the staff, of course, as well. Uh, he was in the stands tonight. But why is it that Ollie is looking at this certain? Is it like some stats sort of things? Is it like a heat map maybe on? The, I don't. I have no idea what's on that screen, but I'm hoping it's related to the game. Otherwise, you'd have to really question what he's doing. But he's got to he's got to see it he, he he really really has so um alex tellers is the next one i'm gonna give him a seven i thought he was very very good he's not quite as great defensively as luke shaw luke shaw's clearly our defensive fullback and tellers is the uh, attacking fullback but um i tell you what when tellers gets forward it's it's brilliant to watch so i'm gonna give him a seven scott mctominay i'm gonna give him a four I thought he was really poor on the ball today. Misplaced several passes. Uh, defensively, he was alright. Um, but yeah, just attacking-wise, getting forward. Lost so many passes. Lost the ball so many times. Got us into a tr got us into trouble on a few different occasions. Did defend alright at centre-back. Um, but ultimately, his midfield role just didn't play very well today, unfortunately. Scored a good goal as well, but... I'm not going to, I don't know, he's he's going to get a, uh, what did I say, I think it was a four, didn't I? So, um, yeah, let's stick with that for McTominay. Van der Beek, I'm going to give him an eight. 
I thought it was great today. I thought he got involved really well. A couple of good little passes here and there. Just looks really confident on the ball. And if we give him more game time, he'll only improve. Because Van der Beek's, what, 22 or something? He's not like some 28-year-old footballer or whatever. Uh, like in in his peak. Um, he's like 22 or 23, I think, which is which is great. He's actually younger than McTominay, which is interesting. Um but yeah, he he played very very well today, and it was it was good to see him get ninety minutes. But I don't want Ollie to think that McTom- uh, not McTominay, that Van der Beek is some sort of player that you can relegate to Watford FA Cup games. Van der Beek can offer us so much more than that, and uh, I just hope that Ollie realizes that. Matter, I'm going to give him a four. I thought he was really really poor today. Um, I'm really just surprised from an experience level that Matter didn't bring more to the game. Lost the ball loads of times. Could have almost scored. I think it was in the first half. Um, but didn't. Um, I don't know. I'm just really surprised by uh, Mata today. Lingard, I'm going to give him a 4. He didn't offer really anything for me today. I don't need to see him again in, in the United shirt. Because look, all these players that we are linked with. Like Jack Grealish. And uh, you know we got Diallo and Palestri in the team now. Which is great. I want to see those guys come through. Uh, Palestri and Diallo. And if that happens, we won't need Lingard anymore. And it, I'll, I just want to ask the question again. I know I've not mentioned Lingard for several months because he's not actually played for a while. Lingard is about 28. He's been here his entire career. He might have gone on loan once or twice, but for the most part, he's been here his entire career. Other than that FA Cup, FA Cup winning goal, which was four or five years ago, what has Lingard ever done at Manchester United? Because I can't, I can't think of anything else significant. So, to say that Lingard hasn't had a chance is wrong. He's been here his whole career. He's literally had his whole career to make a big, big impact, and he just never, ever has, apart from that one particular goal, which I'm grateful for. It won our CFA Cup, but that's one goal in like a twenty, in like a, I don't know how long he's actually been here or what age he sort of started, but he's twenty seven, twenty eight years old. It's just time for him to move on. You know, I'm hearing a lot about West Ham being interested. Go off to West Ham, get first team football. Sure, that's I, I don't mind that. That's that's perfectly fine with me. So, um, I hope this is the last time we see him. Not in a like, I hate him way or whatever. Just he he's 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 had his time. Like, if he's not made an impact by now, which he hasn't, when when is he meant to? When is this sort of promising player that was supposed to happen? Um, when is when is that supposed to come through? Because he's approaching his late twenties. That's supposed to be the peak of your career, and he it it hasn't happened for him yet. So when is it supposed to? I don't know. Uh, Dan James, I'm going to give him an eight. Uh, I thought he was really good today. I thought that he had some good intentions on the ball. From my own count, uh, not that I specifically count every player. I think he only lost the ball twice, which is quite good. Got subbed off, which was a bit unfortunate. Almost scored twice I think um had the shot sort of from the edge of the box had a shot um earlier on actually I think he had three shots with that were fairly good um one of them did kind of fly over the bar which is a little bit annoying but uh I I just I just don't understand yes he's not the finished article yet he's he's 23 he still does have time um and I do see a lot of people comparing Lingard and Dan James and what I want to say about that is Lingard has been in his whole career He's been in the Premier League for several several seasons. 
Um, Lingard is approaching, is he 28, 29 by now? If it's not going to happen now, when is it supposed to? And I'll say this, right, Dan James is 23, Lingard is, I think, 28. If Dan, okay, if Dan James doesn't improve by the time he hits 28, then I'll say fair enough, he's he's ha- he's had his chance, he's had his time, because that's about five years worth of time. And that's enough time to sort of progress. But I, we've, we've, if we're gonna, what I'm saying is, if we're gonna give Lingard his whole career to do something meaningful other than one goal in a, in a cup final, we, you have to do the same for Dan James, um, because, what, 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 what is there some sort of reason you can't do that? Um, I mean, give, give him a bit. It's been a, a season and a half, yeah, about a season and a half. Um, he's done some good bits and pieces. I mean, he scored like a couple of goals recently. I just, I don't really understand this sort of like, oh, we're playing with 10 men sort of hate. Um, I just don't really get it. So, uh, and then Mason Greenwood, I'm going to give him a six. Uh, didn't really get involved greatly today. I, I, I do think that some of that is because of like, some of some, Ollie's got to be saying to his strikers for so, for some reason. Now, I don't understand this. You, I want you to drift wide, um, but I would never tell my striker to do that. <laughs> um, maybe if you've got two people up front, maybe one of them can drift wide. But you've got to have somebody in the box because when you get to, not even when you're crossing from the uh, left or right hand side of the box, but when you're chipping the ball in from the edge of the box, when you're passing the ball into the box, you've got to have your striker in the box. And Greenwood made about six of those crosses today. Um, and he he should be he needs to be on the other end of it. So I think that that rating I'm giving him and his performance isn't entirely his fault, um, because it's a recurring theme. This whole sort of like our striker's got to drift wide. If your striker's drifting wide, then you're just playing a free form formation. Um, so because yeah, there there was times in this game where like J- James pretty much stuck to the left. At one point, Lingard was on the left and Mata was at ten. So we sort of had two left wingers. Um, we had Mata at number ten, which was um, like he drifted into the number ten slot. Nobody was on the right as a result, and then Greenwood sort of drifted to the right. So basically, you ended up in a situation where you had James and Lingard both on the left, Greenwood on the right, Mata in the middle, and nobody up front. What sort of nonsense is that? Because then you've basically got two left wingers. <laughs> A number ten, a right winger, and no striker. It's like you, you just just move your. I don't I don't understand it. It's a, that that's a free form formation, so uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But uh, yeah, I'd give him a six. But yes, number ten, uh, not number ten. Uh, ten out of ten for both of the defenders. I thought they were brilliant today. Um, yeah, I thought they I thought they did really really well. Uh, Twanzebe is my man of the match easily with a ten. I possibly would have given it to Bailey, but he didn't actually stay on the pitch because he got injured uh let's look at the subs really quickly because we did actually bring on a few this time apart from you know instead of last game where we brought uh two two um substitutes on uh maguire i'd give him an average six he didn't do anything terrible didn't do anything great had a pretty average game um martial came on the pitch again i'd give him an average six he was fine uh rashford gave him a seven he did make a couple of good runs into the box um so that was good. I'd give him a 7. Uh, Matic. I tell you what. I honestly don't remember anything that Matic did. So I'll give him an average 6. Um, possibly got on the ball a few times. I don't remember anything particularly noteworthy from him. 
as well. Um, what I want to sort of finish off here is uh, the future of some of these players. So obviously Lingard I've talked about, it's probably time for him to go. If if West Ham want him as a first team player, you probably should just go to West Ham and, and just play first team football. Uh, Diallo has signed, that has been confirmed. I, I'm guessing that means he's available for Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Against, uh, excuse me, against um, Burnley. Big, big game. And then, of course, we've got Liverpool after that, which is going to be huge, a huge, huge game uh, for Liverpool. Um, both of those are signed. Of course, Palestri signed in the summer, but they're, they're sort of like our new pair of wingers, aren't they? So, uh, but we'll see what happens to Diallo. I did look up some uh, highlights of him. I could only really find, like, academy sort of highlights. So, I don't know what that means for, like, Premier League level of football, but he looks really good. His ball control and speed look really good. So, um, I'm excited to see him, to see what he's made of. And I really hope he can fix our right winger problem, because it is a huge problem. When 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 you're trying to play, like, Mata, who's a number 10, and Greenwood, who's a striker, on the right winger, on the right wing, it really does create an imbalance in the team. And uh, it was quite, as I pointed out literally a minute ago, when you're not playing with a striker... Uh, it does make that quite obvious. So hopefully that can fix those sorts of problems. I mean, I think that's why they were both brought into the team to play on the right wing. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Igalo uh, is leaving, of course, at the end of the month on the 31st of January or probably the 1st of February, actually. Um, but when the window closes, his uh, loan deal expires. He goes back to whatever Chinese team it was. Uh, surprised we didn't see him today. I think this could have been a good sort of goodbye for him. Uh, because I don't know who we've got after Liverpool. But we've got some quite big games coming up. And I don't know where he's going to fit in with those sorts of games. Um, but like you, you could have brought him on for 10 minutes today. When, when we were still winning. Um, and it could have been like a goodbye from him. So Plus it could have been somebody else to play up front <laughs> uh, who doesn't drift wide as much so I, I don't know but uh, yes he's leaving at the end of the month Diallo is joined which is great and we'll see where things go from there but I'm gonna beg he's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't gonna hear this so there isn't much point please please do not play Lindelof and Maguire in the next two games please don't do it because I, I swear I swear to you all right now if we continue to play that partnership in the Premier League, we won't win the Premier League. Um, I know we could be top of the Premier League by the time Thursday, uh, Tuesday comes around. Um, but they just make too many defensive errors and it will cost us. So, we'll see how it all goes. Uh, but anyway, what's your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, maybe concerns about Manchester United, this result, uh, the future of some of these players, the positional sort of things I talked about. And what do you think of our centre-backs? Uh, the stark difference between the two different pairings. Bailey and uh, Twinsebi and then Lindelof and Maguire. Because uh, Phil Jones is... Just, just, we, can, we, we can forget about Phil Jones. <laughs> I uh, I don't see him actually playing for Manchester United ever again. Um, he's just always injured, isn't he? So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But we do need a new centre-back as well. Don't forget that. So... We'll see. Uh, but you can let me know those things. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter eTalk UK. There's contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, you can find everything that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org. TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast. Which you're already here for. Thanks for that. Um, if you would like to support. Excuse me. If you would like to support the podcast Entertainment Talk. Uh, we're on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers. 
for ad-free podcast and review options. Um, word of mouth, you can simply tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, uh, either word of mouth or social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use. Uh, Twitch side of things, as I said, Bex is streaming daily over on Twitch. Uh, Trista Bites, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, go and follow her over there. Um, click the follow button and you'll be notified when she goes live. I stream on Twitch sometimes as well. Streamed a little bit of Bloodborne today, my sort of start of that game or my restart of that sort of game uh, but you can follow me over there eTalk UK for Twitch as well if you want your up to date reliable TV and film news David's got you covered geektown.co.uk and geektown radio on Tuesdays uh, it was revealed this week the geektown award winners uh, both of the people that won the prize awards and the actual winners of the different categories so check all that out geektown.co.uk geektown radio on Tuesdays as well uh, and look out for Let's Play Sundays thank you very much for listening um, hey, by the end, of, by the time I sit down to record the next podcast, we could be top of the Premier League, and uh, I want to leave you with that positive thought. That's 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 pretty good, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with being top of the league. Uh, it's just a problem when you continue to defend badly with the same defenders. But we could be top of the league. <laughs> we could be top of the league by the time I do my next podcast, and that would be amazing. Uh, have a good weekend, everybody, and uh, let's hope we're top of the week, uh, top of the league by by next game. Uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye.